0: Back with you on the and Around podcast, and in the words of Michael Scott from The Office, I'm going to get me a New York Slice, but not at Sparrow, <laughs> not at a chain restaurant, at good old Big Bill's here. Are we in Englewood or Centennial?
1: We're, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we're in Highlands <laughs> Ranch, whatever, Littleton, Centennial. And I think you're right. I think it is Centennial. Okay. We're at C470. We're at County Line in Quebec. Let's just be honest about it. It's behind the McDonald's, Big Bill's Pizza. It just says NY Pizza. Come in here have a slice, have a salad, have a white pie, have the chicken cutlet dinner which we both had even though it's lunch.
0: Who cares? I eat a smaller dinner anyway. And enjoy the memorabilia from New York and Denver sports teams actually. You know some former Bronco jerseys
1: are floating around this place. I used to come here with Dave Logan and Scott Hastings when we did the zoo and there's a round table near the front window and we would sit there every Thursday and just have kind of a show meeting and it was one of the things I looked forward to every week, not only because of the food, but because some of the goofiest, dumbest ideas we came up with that were successful. <laughs> we born at that table right there, Andrew Mason. How goofy and dumb can they be if they were successful, though? That's the thing. Oh, well, you know how it is. Oh. Sometimes it's successful, but it's mighty. Like, you know, we'll get on orange and blue. You guys are really immature. We are. I don't know what to tell you. I'm a guy, and I like dumb things to make me laugh. So it's going to happen every now and again.
0: I need to pop in on your show again at some point. I feel like it's not the same when i don't come in for the last few minutes of your show for a while and i, I haven't done that in i know we're all
1: thrown off we changed clocks so it used to be so easy to get you in there and now like steve atwater surprised surprised us on thursday and i was like what are you doing here you're never here enough usually ryan's the only one here you to come in <laughs> and steve kind of surprised us by the way you bring up the office is there another show that was just so awkward I, i'm telling you i don't think there's another show in history that consistently made me turn away or leave the room once an episode because the awkwardness was more than I could take. But
0: that was part of the charm and the humor of it, was the awkwardness of it, the uncomfortable reactions to it. If Michael Scott would give you a, that's what she said, yeah. at the worst possible time, that was part of the show's appeal. That if anyone did that in real life, it would be, the room would go silent. But The Office brought in those real-life reactions to this
1: absurdist perspective. Did you ever work in a place like that? No. You and I have been in football, not exactly a corporate yeah, the, environment. The cl- I will say
0: this. You remember Office Space back yes. in 1999? Oh, yeah. My first job out of school, I was doing a desk work on uh, NFL.com, but it was the, uh, the Seattle office of ESPN.com, and yet ESPN... And you had NBA.com at the time run out of there, NFL.com, NASCAR.com. But when you'd have kind of like, like mission statement type things, there were a few times when it lapsed into office space mode. I almost expected, and Friday is Hawaiian shirt day. <laughs> so, you know, wear Hawaiian They would wear announce a things shirt.
1: over like an intercom or
0: whatever? Or have a, a, a staff meeting, bring everybody together.
1: The big huddle? Yeah. Man, You know what, I guess only one time mm. in my career did I have a, for us, they're program directors. Those are kind of the mm-hmm. office managers, if you will. And then it kind of goes up the chain from there, up the chain from there in radio. Um, only one time did I have a, a program director that wanted to meet weekly. And I was just like, mm-hmm. you don't care what we're doing. Why are we all here? Mm-hmm. And you have the people that talk just to make sure they have something to say. Yes. And I'm just kind of like, well, uh, the Rockies are playing and the draft is coming up and there you go. And that'll be my answer for the next three weeks. (laughs) And that's enough. It may not be enough for some people, but that's enough for you.
0: That's a a full plate right there. Are we adjourned? You're holding up my lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to get to some Broncos here at some point. And we're actually going to start with... A punter. A punter. The newest Bronco. And a week and a half ago, wouldn't have conceived of the notion that Marquette King... Would be available. But Oakland let him let him go. Now here he is in Denver. He's getting paid a good contract for a punter
1: at 2.33. A little bit of a pay cut, right? Com- compared to the three million Oakland. I yes, thought I saw so he's
0: taking a pay cut, but he clearly wants to be in Denver. Made that apparent. I'm sure part of it has to do with being in the same division as the Raiders. Another part of it, getting to punt half of your games at altitude but this is you know, one of the best punters in the league and uh, doing some number crunching on net averages, which are more important than gross averages. Marquette King has been, over the last five years, about nine-tenths of a yard above the league average in net and has been more above the league average the last couple of years as he's had some of his best seasons. And the Broncos, over that same time span, the last five years, have been about a half yard below the league average in net punting, even though half of their games are at five thousand two hundred and eighty feet. So I imagine
1: just based on those numbers alone, the Broncos got better adding Marquette King. They did. It was funny because my partner Tyler Columbus, when I threw it out there that he was interested in they may do it, Tyler didn't even hesitate to say sign him. Sign him right now. And I said, what if it's gonna cost you? And he goes, I don't care. Sign him right now and we all liked Riley Dixon, a great young guy, mm-hmm. but Tyler made it clear there just were too many times where you needed a big punt, you didn't get the big Chargers punt. game. Yeah. It, it, the low just, line drive to Travis Benjamin. It was just, it was, I think he was more, he had more good moments and bad moments yes, as a Bronco. But unfortunately, with the transition the team is in, you can't afford, if you're going to get back to the playoffs, you need the clutchness. And, and look, I'm a big fan of... A big, big fan of Britton Colquitt. You know, really liked him. One of the guys I got to know and sort of befriend, if you will, while he was here. Mm -hmm. Um, But even Britton had kind of a rough start to 2015, really smoothed it out, and just was not as consistent as you wanted in 2016. That's why they brought in Riley Dixon. Right. In 2016, to kind of push, and then he pushed out
0: Britton Colquitt.
1: I want to ask you, because, you know, it's punting. I can't say that I pay too much attention to it. Is Marquette King in that class of a Todd Sauerbrun, where when the ball goes up, you can almost see the returning, returner sweating on how long it's taking to come down, or what's his style? Yes.
0: He's one of those guys that has a unique foot to him, basically, for lack of a better way of putting it. I think Marquette King, another guy you'd put in that category, is Johnny Hecker with the Rams couple other guys you'd also throw in there, but these are punters that are weapons that if you need a blast out of your end zone, they can deliver it, and I'll say it's Riley Dixon, he did that back in 2016, and if Riley Dixon had built off of 2016 and had the expected improvement I think the Broncos were hoping for, I don't think you're talking about Marquette King as a Bronco right now.
1: See, here's the thing. I, I had a buddy text me immediately saying he's going to be the most hated Bronco on the roster for him. And I said that'll all last until he kicks it from R twenty and pins a team back on their twenty-five. He'll get a standing all ovation. Be forgotten. He gets standing ovation when he does that. You talk about flipping the field. Where mm-hmm. even if you've struggled, and even you're not, and now think about the weapon he can be. If you even get it to the forty, I mean, to me, he's a, he's like a Jason Elam of punters, mm-hmm. where. And he's been consistent about it where, look, you get to the 40 or 35, all of a sudden the other team knows they're going to be starting around there, 20 if not inside the 20. Mm -hmm. And here's another thing. If you look at Marquette King over his entire career, not just the last
0: two seasons, which have been outstanding, but the overall career, five seasons, and compare his net to the Broncos' net in that same span in a game with an average number of punts, the difference between what the Broncos have had and what Marquette bring, King brings is 5.9 yards per game, and you may think Does that, that that's not significant. That is significant. That's a significant impact coming from one player. And you know, some of them you're going to have fair catches. I mean, he can he can hang them up and force fair catches. And sometimes it'll just be blasting it 65, 70 yards when you need that. But he has the ability to get the long punt, but then also take something off of it and get the precision punt to force a fair catch. Uh, There's a reason why he was a second-team All-Pro recently.
1: Well, I think it's a great move for Denver. Now, I'm also curious to see what happens at the tight end position. Mm -hmm. You know, there's been some rumors about Mercedes Lewis out there. I don't know if that's going to come to fruition or not. He's a guy that hasn't visited yet. Let me throw that at you. Do you think... If the Broncos were to look in the Mercedes-Lewis direction, is that something you do before the draft or after the draft? I wonder at this point if you don't wait
0: until after the draft now and see what's there. And Because if you draft a Mike Gesicki out of Penn State in the second round or maybe Mark Andrews of Oklahoma falls to early round three, Maybe Hayden Hurst of South Carolina in the second round. Or going down the list, maybe Troy Fumagalli of Wisconsin, late third, early fourth. If you get one of those guys, then I don't see the spot for Mercedes Lewis. But if you do not, I could see making that move for Mercedes Lewis or Brent Selick pretty soon after the draft. We always see this, Andy. Around the league, every year, teams get through the first day or even the second day of the draft, And if they haven't filled a need, they go and sign perhaps the best available veteran. Broncos fans, I'm sure, recall Sean Phillips back in 2013. One of the most famous, right? Yeah. Classic example. They didn't get the eggs rusher in round one. And later in the draft, I think it was on day two of the draft, literally, Sean Phillips is touring the
1: building. You're right. They did that Mm mid-draft. I'll never forget
0: that. Didn't they have the conference call for Sean Phillips? during the draft we were yeah. sitting there in the team room talking to him
1: we were waiting for another pick to be made and they said ah let's just get it out of the here's way here's John on the phone <laughs> and they just kind of handled it see that's what i was kind of mm. thinking too uh, let me throw this at it you and we've been having some fun with it and i you know i don't know what there would be to it but i did think it's interesting you and i are on orange and blue 760 i'm 7 to 10 then you go 10 to 1 with first and 10 to 10 i'm with Tyler Plumbus. You're with Steve Atwater and Ryan Edwards great plug on our air is also pro football talk live and Mm -hmm. I was listening I I coached lacrosse at one of the local high schools here and I got in my car after practice one night and was driving home and was listening to the rerun of pro football talk and in this episode it was last Friday um, still in March so whatever that was and Mike Florio was using some supposition where he basically said Uh, Big Bill's about to walk. We may have to get Big Bill on the mic. You won't meet a greater guy than Big Bill. Um, Florio said he's convinced the Patriots are going to trade Rob Gronkowski. He said that through some of the sources out there and the people that know the way it works, he says once Bill Belichick has come to grips and thought about life without you, that he's very apt to move on and create that life without you, and he thinks that they may be there. With Rob Gronkowski, and he thinks that the deal could go down draft. He doesn't think it'll happen until whoever they're trading with is actually mm-hmm. on the clock, because Bill doesn't want to give any other team a chance to jump in front of him to get his players, so on and so forth. Bottom line is this: long way to ask you, do you believe Rob Rob Gronkowski is available? And if he is available, should the Broncos be ringing his phone? I believe he will be available. <laughs> hey, here you know what? Before you answer, let's hey. come here, come here, Bill. We're doing a podcast for DenverBroncos.com, and it's Bill Bill Ficke. Of Big Bill's New York Pizza, right? I'll tell everybody where to find us. Hey, I was coming down the street, and I listened to the radio. They said, you're right at my store, so I ran down to you. <laughs> That's our man, Big Bill. Are I you mean? doing all right, huh? I'm doing terrific. How about you? Doing very well. Doing very well. We love your place, so we thought we'd invade it and, you know. The, the white you okay pie, with this? White we're not in trouble, we? Nope, we're glad you came. Yeah. Go Broncos. He's a big fan of the white pie, by the way. Uh, white pie is tremendous. I, I, the best. Yeah, I'm a big it. fan of everything. I was telling everybody about Dave Scott and our meetings here. Oh, you good. miss those, yeah, don't sir. you? We, we need to get these meetings back. With, <laughs> with, with, hey, with Susie and Dave and everybody, you know Scott, you, we miss those meetings. Scott's not on our station anymore. He's not invited. Oh, you got to make better I life decisions. Out of that. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> <out of there. laughs> no, you know what? He can sit over there because we <laughs> like talking to him. but He's not allowed to be at the table. I love it. Thanks, Bill. Hey, Great thanks, to Bill. see you guys. You so too. anyway, should yeah. they be talking about a trade for Rob Gronkowski? I think you consider it, but it's
0: got to be at the right price, and the bottom line is this. I don't think the Patriots are going to make you a friendly deal. No, you know that. And that's part of the reason why I think when all is said and done, if they trade Rob Gronkowski, he is with an NFC team.
1: Let me throw this at you, though. But
0: I'll say this for Gronk. You have to accept a couple of things. You have to accept the injury risk and the risk that he may say after another year, you know what, I'm good. I'm going to go act. Actually, before the Rams traded for Brandon Cooks on Orange and Blue 760, I suggested, what if an L.A. team tried to get Rob Gronkowski? Because he's talked about he wants to
1: be a Hollywood actor. Wouldn't that mesh? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. You talked about getting him to the NFC. With those kind of desires, I bet you Bill Belichick would be like, all right, L.A. Chargers, you want to tie it end to go with Antonio Gates? Let's see how this mess goes. Let, well, they let's haven't see. re-signed Antonio Gates, have they? Oh, no. Is he out there? Okay, then Hunter, Hunter Henry. Henry. Either way. Either way, I'm just saying let's put him in L.A. Let's see how distracted he gets because that's something Bill Belichick would do, right? I'm not oh, going to yeah. look bad because I know what you're truly thinking about, and it's not going to be football if I put you in L.A. And the other thing with Bill Belichick— we know he lo- he gets rid of guys a year too early rather than a year too late. Okay, so do you trust, since he's available, do you trust that there's not something Bill knows that we don't? No. And I'll
0: say this, and I know if I say this, some Broncos fans may think, what are you thinking, man? But I would be a little afraid of a Trojan horse type situation here. And... If I'm the Broncos, unless the offer, is you get tremendous value in an offer, I would pass on trading for Rob Gronkowski. And if I need to add a tight end, I'd try to get Hayden Hurst from South Carolina, Mike Siki Penn State, Mark Andrews, Oklahoma, Ian Thomas, Indiana, one of those guys. I don't think Dallas Goddard of South Dakota State will be in the mix unless the Broncos trade down and are sitting, say, at 12 and 22 if they trade with Buffalo. And then you might be able to rationalize Goddard at 22.
1: Okay, so just for the sake of it, and we were dying to get you on the other day, we just didn't want to bug you as early in the morning as we got this going because we know that you're the points draft chart guy, which luckily James found for us. James dressed up in a fancy outfit and, went and finally stole it from a room. I but... actually noticed that the draft point chart is now sitting. Yeah, don't tell anybody that how he got it. I won't. Although I didn't say he stole it from the Broncos. I just said that he was a master disguise. He's like Hannibal. From the A-Team. But the draft where he's point chart is
0: pretty av- widely available, isn't it?
1: Well, don't tell James that. I'm trying to make him feel like he got something <laughs> done. What is he, 007 oh, now? Yeah, I told you. It was in, mm-hmm. it was incredible the outfits that he was wearing to get a hold of this chart. It looked like a secretary there for a while. Then he became like the janitor. Then he was just a simple equipment guy. Next thing you know, we got our points chart. Anyway. Um, what if he's the chef, the infamous Dove Valley chef from a few years ago? <laughs> 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 well, maybe you know. i didn't tell you what it is. Let me throw this at you. What if they gave you both their first round picks with them acquiring that second first round pick for Brandon Cooks and Rob Gronkowski and they wanted five according to the points because we looked at what we looked at you know because Tyler said that Gronk is maybe worth the second at this point if that at its highest point and he would even think third so we just he picked number 50 50 was a second round pick it was like some 500 point pick the other two added up to like 1500 so the Broncos would slightly win in that trade. Would you think about it? Gronk and those two first-rounders. Now, again, those first-rounders are 23rd and, like, 28 or 29 or
0: something.
1: 31. Oh, yeah, you're right. 31. Sorry.
0: That's their own pick because they lost the Super Bowl.
1: (sighs) But you're getting Gronk.
0: But for how long am I getting Gronk?
1: A year? Okay, so let's say you get it for a year, but you get those two first-rounders. And you have a fifth-year option for But they're 23
0: and 31. Not five.
1: Do you believe I'm going to go down or
0: Buffalo there? Buffalo could give you 12 and 20. I don't
1: want Buffalo's picks. I'm sorry. I want to just stay at five. I'll be honest with you. I just want to stay at five. I want to race all this anyway. I want to stay
0: at five too, because how often are you picking there?
1: Right. And as John always said so eloquently to Dave Logan on the interview, after they introduced case Keenum, we earned that. And it wasn't, it wasn't fun. (laughs)
0: It's
1: painful for all of us. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not just the in the
0: in the locker room and in the coaching staff. It was painful for all of us covering the team as well, let's be honest.
1: But I will say this, you know why I would like a I would like the deal with Gronk over a deal with Buffalo is I get one known commodity. And I wonder how much of this is Gronk just being tired of playing for Belichick. You and I both got to know Chris and and uh Gosh, now I'm flashing on the other tight end. His older brother that played here that we got from Detroit. Chris
0: Gronkowski, Dan Gronkowski. Dan Actually, yeah, it's amazing that is two Dan Gronkowski mentions in one day for me. Hey, we talked. He came up on. Well, you know why he came up on our show on Thursday? Because ESPN had a had a piece on the worst draft picks of every team in the last decade. Uh oh. Can you guess who they felt? The Broncos' worst draft pick of the last decade was
1: of the last decade. Yes. Oh, now I know why. Smith, Alfonso I Smith. Alfonso, I know it was a Smith who who in they 2010
0: was traded for Dan Gronkowski. You and I are having a competition to
1: get this out because as soon as <laughs> I was like, "Why would Gronkowski?" Oh, wait. Now I know what he's associated with. I have Was it th- their draft? Choice, I haven't but. thought
0: about Dan Gronkowski and. Four
1: years. The Broncos And he comes up f- twice in one day. So, for those that don't remember the trade, the Broncos traded a first round pick to draft a guy in the second round that they then traded for a guy that was going to get cut anyway. That's how that went down. And Thank the you, first Josh round
0: pick that they gave up became Earl Thomas. That's right. Oh, there were two such trades in the 09 draft Denver did it, and Carolina oh did it. Carolina traded a 2010 first rounder. For second and fourth rounders in 2009, the second and fourth round picks became Everett Brown and Mike Goodson. Do those names ring a bell? No. Okay. There you go. The pick that Carolina gave up a year later became Mike Iupati. So. That's why you never trade. You don't a trade first a higher rounder. or never trade a higher pick for a lower pick in general.
1: Don't do that. See, all of a sudden, you bringing up these memories of a former Patriot infiltrating the Broncos' walls is maybe why we don't trade for Rob Gronkowski at all. Maybe now I'm just mad. (laughs) No, I really do believe. I'm with you for the most part, and to me, we went over this. We chronicled all the former Patriots, including Jarvis Green, whose name I can barely remember that was such a disaster coming here. Lawrence Maroney. Lawrence Maroney. Remember, I told the story on the air. I'm not afraid to tell it now because I don't think my man Jeb is going to care too much. But I'll never forget, remember the running back? Uh, he was a Raider, and he was with the Broncos. Doggone it, big running back. Played with Josh the first year. With Only played one year here as a Denver Bronco. Ended up being a short yardage back. Was a former Jet as well. Uh, Lamont Jordan. Yes, okay. Lamont Jordan. This is the famous story. This is when Jeb Putzier told me he knew all the Mike Shanahan guys were under fire he said that they're watching tape one day and Josh McDaniels was going nuts about a three-yard run that Lamont Jordan had made. And he, he was like, did he just make the Hall of Fame? Did I miss something? Because he just made, he was like, oh, look at the effort. Look at this. Look at that. And Jeb's thinking to himself, uh, I think everybody, every running back in this room and maybe some receivers could make that run right now if you needed them to. And he said he knew right then and there who was making the team and who was probably in trouble. Josh loved his former pick. Remember uh, yeah. Rock, Russ Hochstein? Good old yes. Russ Hochstein. Or of Hochstein. He,
0: and he brought in Lonnie Paxton to replace Mike Leach. Gave him a million-dollar signing Leach. bonus, yeah. too. And Mike Leach went on to Arizona and was the long snapper, I think,
1: for another Yeah. Eight and Lonnie seasons. wasn't bad. I don't want to knock Lonnie. No, Lonnie just took the contract given to him. He was incredibly consistent here. You're not, not
0: going to turn that down. And he was a fine guy for the Broncos, no doubt.
1: But you... Could have had the same performance for a lot less with Mike Leach. Man, we, I want you to go back. Remember though the Jarvis Green experiment where he was going to come in and be everything the defensive line needed, and I do not even think he even made it out the of the camp. He didn't even make it out of preseason. <laughs> we just got to the point where we were like, please <laughs> quit trading for expatriates. The only one, the only one, and and you know what? What if he would actually have Lonnie Castle? Paxton worked, but it just wasn't an improvement. Well, was a free agent signing, yeah, what if they he, would have got if they would have got Matt Castle? Would that have worked? you know what I mean? Because look, that was the one he wanted the most. And would that have worked? That would, I don't think it would have. If If Josh McDaniels, with his system and his language and the whole deal, gets Matt Castle, is he any I've, better than Kyle Orton? I don't think so. And I'm asking you this because I truly believe, had Brock Osweiler just stayed in Denver with Gary Kubiak, the guy who truly believed in him, I don't think it, I don't think his career is where it is right now. I'm very certain it's not. And also, I would be willing to wager that the Broncos make the playoffs in 2016 I would with agree. Brock Osweiler playing a full year. So the question then becomes, if Matt Castle's back with the guy that would have been his Gary Kubiak, do things look different for him? Mm. I don't think he was even as good a quarterback, though, as Brock, was he? I- I'm not sure he was as good as Kyle Orton. Well, la da <laughs> There it
0: is. <laughs> And that's why I think the results might have been the same. But it is an interesting thing to look back on. One bigger point with the Patriots and their willingness to let guys go, it's always about letting guys go one year too soon. Lawyer Malloy, Richard Seymour traded to the Raiders. Yes. Even Wes Welker not being brought back and the Broncos getting in on him. Wes Welker had a very good 2013 season. 2014, concussions and other things caught up to him. The Broncos got one outstanding year from Wes Welker, one year that wasn't so great, and that was it. But, again, one year too soon.
1: I'm telling you, man, it's it's fun, it's fun to, uh, I guess it's fun to look back on it now because we have a Super Bowl. It wasn't so fun at the time. So, anyway, we're, we're handling business as we go along here. I'm telling you, come on down to Big Bill's. Maybe we'll get them to sponsor the podcast. Uh, you know, what we can't do that. You and I would both be. We might be able to help their offensive line issues if we're here every week. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You might mean you might be the backup to Janovich, and I'll be a plugger center. But well, that's fair. <laughs> I can block. But either way, we'll have football weight that, you know, is not required for our current Not good, not good football weight.
0: I I don't need any more weight. I'm trying to lose weight. I've actually lost some weight in the last couple of weeks here. Well, so, you've
1: been on the banquet circuit. You kind of been a you kind of been a high roller big deal.
0: Uh, I don't know about that, but uh I've been trying to trying to get my uh, walks and workouts in a little bit more lately and trying to eat a little bit better. Haven't always succeeded based on some of my meals, but I've tried. So, yes. I would worry about Trading for Rob Gronkowski, unless it was the right price, that's kind of the moral of things. And again, the the Patriots and Bill Belichick, if they make a guy available, it's always like, okay, why? What's going on here? I think the Spidey thing should tingle a little bit. And <laughs> okay, I that think, one
1: didn't hit me till late.
0: <laughs> and the other thing, again, if you're looking at the tight ends in this draft class. I think a guy like Mike Gesicki could
1: help you for a lot longer than Rob Gronkowski. I would agree. with you. I'm not saying that, you know what, to me, I don't care what position you've signed, outside of maybe safety with Sua Cravens, but I'm not letting any of these guys prevent me from taking anybody young. Even oh, You know what, I'm really excited about uh, Veldir. If, if McGlinchy falls in the right spot and you think he can help compete at right tackle, I'm drafting him.
0: I'll give you an idea. And it's something we've talked about on 1st and 10 at 10. Brett Toth out of Army is a guy that I like. A really good run blocker. If you put him on a team right now as a starting right tackle, he is at least an average starter as a run blocker. Now, coming out of Army, he's got a ways to go in pass protection. But he's athletic. He's long. He's got the tools to get there in pass pro. The problem is, Brett Toth is not going to play for you for two years because he's going to be serving his obligation to the military coming out of West Point. Veldier's on a one-year contract, but if you're kind of planning ahead, let's say Veldier does well this year, and I think he will if he stays healthy. That's Injuries have been the issue the last couple of years for him, but if he's healthy, I think he's going to do fine at right tackle. Some may not believe that. That's your prerogative. I've seen Veldir healthy on the left side, and I think he can make it translate to the right if he's healthy. Anyway, personally, I like the idea of taking Toth in late in round five. Maybe if you trade down round six, take him there. You, you can probably get him in for some off-season stuff before he goes off on his military obligations, and then you wait a couple of years. And then if Veldir does well this year, sign him to another one-year deal. And then a couple years from now you get a guy who I think Brett Toth is probably a day two pick if he does not have the military service obligation and you've coached him you
1: coached him at the senior Bowl right you know so what you know he's about you've
0: you've, you've, you've you've seen his strengths and weaknesses
1: before we go and I got to go coach
0: value I, that's to me that's a, that and that's a kind of thinking ahead chess type move you have to have in this process because I think Toth when he comes in is going to be a steal and he's only going to
1: drop that far because of the two years you have to wait so i just want to point out to you because you mentioned your show a lot people should know you've got your you got maced seven round mock draft going on mm-hmm. three we, round four we being of much more shorter attention span on first intent or on a uh, palumbus and Lindall are thinking about doing a seven pick mock round m- mock draft you all right with that we're going to do the first seven picks call it good Does that work for you? (laughs) Which one do I get? I I don't care. You can have (laughs) any one that you want because we're only doing seven, and then we're calling it a day. Remember, you guys did your tier system with the quarterbacks. James and I countered with our tiers of guys we want to have drink with, with Phillip Rivers being, like, dead last. The guy that's going to be in the restaurant and demand something free and complain about something, you know, and – Embarrass you in front of the waiter, and but, you're just going to want it. But to he end. probably has a lot of great stories about raising eight kids. Yeah, I don't want to hear
0: them. I think they might be interesting. I got kids of my own. I, I'm a parent. You're a parent. Maybe you get well some ideas. You know what, isn't that like <laughs> on
1: TLC or the Family? What, what Hallmark <laughs> Channel? What isn't? Don't they have some big family show that they do? They've had a They're lot all of got them. like 30 kids. <laughs> 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 Actually, with Philip
0: Rivers, what, one of the things I want to ask him about is the bolo tie. No. The ride that he has now from San Diego oh, yeah. to Orange Maddie County, user. yeah, basically he's got an, he's got a he, he's got a souped-up SUV that's got television screen. He can watch film. He can he's got a satellite dish on the roof. He can watch games. And he was doing that with uh, Kellen Clemens. Of course, now the Chargers have brought in Geno Smith. Good luck. Well, Geno Smith thinks
1: that there's a question about whether the Earth is a sphere, or flat. Right. I could see Gino be playing Madden when Phillip's trying to show him the tape, right, Yeah. judging by how he's read defenses in the past. Hey, now. Hey, we remember the Gino Smith pass to Akeem Tlaib back in 2014. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you what. I'm just saying. I, I didn't say interception. I just said a pass. He basically just threw it to him. Basically, you know, yeah, you're right. That was, I don't know what read you had there. It wasn't the right one. It was desperation. We're deep in our own yeah. territory down seven. Oh, I'll just throw it up. I don't want to get hit here. Have this. <laughs> oh, what do you mean? I get it right back out there. Was a pick six. <laughs> all right. I'm just saying. Philip doesn't invite everybody on there. We talk to Nick Hardwick all the time. His former center. Mm-hmm. Nick said no invite. So wow. That's why I'm saying Philip is not your beer guy. Now Case, hey, man. Case was top. Take Case is like tier one. Case Keenum, Drew Brees, guys like that. I want to go hear your stories. Oh yeah. Case With is the, that Texas. Case season? has seen some stuff too.
0: Right. Okay. Bouncing around the you. league,
1: he's seen a lot. Yeah. He'll tell you some things. Yeah. He'll tell you some stories. He'll tell you, you how it. the business is run. Right, how the sausage it. is made. <laughs> <laughs> you may not like what you hear, but he'll let you know what's really going on. That's the horse
0: around podcast for Andy Lindahl. I'm Andrew Mason. Talk to you next time.